Welcome to today's Little Drummer Girl podcast. We're in for a special treat because when I went to our local station, WMMF, they had their Caribbean Cruise Festival, and Vicky Rivera, she's the queen of steel pens on, she is here today in the house. Ms. Rivera began her recording career in 1985 and branched into the Latin and Caribbean genre where she and her husband Nelson formed the group Cuba Libre in 1992. She was their keyboardist and lead singer. They originated and produced Caribbean Madness, the only Caribbean riverboat cruise series on the Connecticut River, which sold out for five seasons. She transitioned to Steel Pan in 2005, training under many seasoned island artists, and she's opened for national groups such as America and performed with many international artists, Tony Kitchen, son of the legendary Lord Kitchener, jazz singer Joan Cartwright, Eugene Gray, touring guitarist for reggae star Burning Spear, performed in Trinidad's International Panorama 2015 semi-final competition under the leadership of Andy Norell. So, without further ado, let's get Bickley on the phone. Hey, Bickley, how's it going? Hey, John Marie, it's so nice to talk to you. <laughs> Same here. Your show lost last week. It was really amazing. Thank you. I, I had such a great time. I mean, the vibe was so good from the moment we got there, which was a couple hours before. And I mean, it just, everybody was in a great mood and, and it just felt so good to be there. Yeah, I was really um, surprised at how many amazing local um, bands that we have out here that are just mm-hmm. so amazing and talented. It's just, it was great to see them all lined up that night. Yeah, they had a lot of bands. Um, I don't know that they had, I don't think they had quite that many last year, but it's always good talent. And the Caribbean community comes together and they welcome new artists and they have, they always have fresh music out there, so it's great. Yeah, I love that. So, I mean, how old were you when you first started playing an instrument? Uh, I started playing piano when I was Five. Uh, it was just kind of a one of those things where everybody was expected to, because my brother had already been playing piano. My mother was an organist and opera singer, and oh, wow. and my, and there's also music on my father's side of the family as well. Um, my mother's mother was an opera singer, had her own radio program. Um, so it was just kind of you know just like anybody who would learn a, a hobby, I guess. And I kind of didn't have a choice in the beginning. It was just like, okay, you're going to do this. <laughs> so, you know, you just do it and you don't think twice about it. And then when you get older, you get maybe into your teens, you're like, you know, I want to be doing something a little bit different. I want to hang out with my friends. And and then you have to make that call. And um, I was given that choice several times as to whether I wanted to give it up. And I luckily did not choose to give it up. And I continued to take lessons. I been taking lessons at the Springfield Conservatory of Music up in Massachusetts and uh, studied classical piano. Uh, also was in the school band, played clarinet, uh, was in chorus at church and sang and um, learned guitar. And uh, that's actually where I started writing my first songs was when I was about 13 or 14 with a guitar that my, brother, my father brought me back from uh, Japan. 
And I just love the fact that he brought me this gift, you know, from this foreign country. So I just right away sat down with the guitar and started writing songs. And and, uh, then eventually I kind of, uh, I don't know what it was, but I just sort of uh, found composing music easier on the piano. Um, Probably because I could do both a bass line and a, and a chord line and then sing along with that and have the whole thing in front of me. Um, and so I, I started doing more with the piano at that point, um, as far as doing more contemporary music. When you, when you sit down and write a song, um, is there a certain, uh, way that you go about doing it? Like you have something in mind and then, or is it just, it just comes flowing out of you and you create it as, as you go? It's it actually so many ways. You know, sometimes I'll just be in the car or I'll be talking to somebody or, you know, just random somewhere. And all of a sudden I hear this thing in my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, i got to get this down. So now that we have cell phones that record, it's wonderful because if I have a melody in my head, then I can just I can sing it into the phone. And then when I get home, luckily, you know, I mean, hopefully I'll remember what went along with that melody. But... At least I have that, but um, it's so many different ways. It might come like that, or um, sometimes I'll just sit down and I'll just be in a mood to play something, so then I'll start playing a progression of chords on the piano, and then there's no melody. So sometimes I have to, I create the groove, and um, that's another thing. I might hear even um, a drum beat, a certain kind of, like, you know, now with reggaeton being mixed into both pop music, um, reggae music, and Spanish music, it's it's prevalent in a lot of places. So you, you hear a regga- reggaeton beat, and it's like, okay, that sounds kind of cool. So then I put down the reggaeton beat with my my recording software, and then, um, and then I'll have to come up with something to go with that. So it's many different ways, but sometimes it comes real easy, and... I got the song done within two days, and then other times it's a couple months project because I'll get so far, and then I'll just put it aside and then not be inspired and then come back. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, this would be good here, and then and then I'll add on to it, and that's awesome. So, I mean, you were originally a keyboard player and a lead singer for a really long time in your career, but then you made the transition to playing the steel pan drums out. Did you... Really, how that might affect or impact your career as an artist? Well, um, I think we had always been playing some type of Caribbean vibe. Um, the band that I was in up in Connecticut was like a Gloria Stefan style of music, I'd say, kind of pop, uh, I don't know, pop Latin flair. And um, when I moved to Florida, it just didn't, even though that type of music is acceptable, it just didn't feel right playing keyboards in this environment. So um, since we had already been playing that, you know, an island-type music, I said, you know, I always wanted to really learn how to play steel pan. So I just decided to take an evening class in St. Petersburg, and I just went there and started playing with the other band members and um, didn't know what I was doing at all. Just walked right in and just started looking at everybody else and watching what they were doing. And I learned on double tenors. Um, so there's, you know, there's different voicings of the steel pan. You can have a very high-pitched one. You can have all the way down to the full 
steel drum, which would be a bass, and those come in many different um, ranges. So you could have one where you're playing six of them at a time, uh, some that are you're just playing two at a time. But um, so I started on the double tenor, and I liked it, and I thought, you know, this is really cool. In fact, I probably couldn't get the smile off my face when I started playing it. <laughs> that really, you know, it gave me that joy to play it. And um, so I just, you know, I decided I wasn't going to play with the, the evening people anymore, and I would just kind of take it home and learn it on my own. So I bought a real cheap one and just kept mooling around on it. And then eventually <laughs> my husband said, hey, you know, uh, there's a new bar opening up. Let me see if I can get you in there. And I said, what? <laughs> I can't really play this thing. I'm not, you know, compared to being a professional musician playing keyboards, you know. So I said, well, what the heck, you know, I just did it. And everybody loved it. And I was like, well, okay, maybe I could do this. So (laughs) then at that point when I decided I was actually going to do it and get paid to do it, um, I decided that I really had to buckle down. So I I started really uh, seeking out island people and finding people in the community that played the instrument so I could really see what they were doing watch their technique, see the progressions that they would play, which, you know, that in itself is what it's about learning that instrument. It's, it's understanding the progressions and scales. So, yeah, I always, I was always, like, enthralled with the steel pen drum, but it just seems so complicated. <laughs> this is something that I'm thinking, I could never learn that. It's just, you know, the drummer, it just, it just seems so... Um, different and so it's just that it as much as I want to try it I'm like okay I'm petrified of it at the same time <laughs> well yeah I mean um, I'm sure to some people it is and then to some people they say oh I think I could pick this up real easy it, it seems seems simple but I think you know probably from watching other musicians and being a musician yourself that if you make something look simple then Probably it's because you've been doing it so many years and, and you took a complicated thing and, and you you were able to make it look that way. So how long did it, did you, from the time you started to take the lessons until you started performing live on stage, how, how long of a time was that? Ooh, um, pro- maybe not quite a year. <laughs> that uh, wow. Here's the thing, um, and... I wasn't originally a drummer, so that's my disadvantage. But um, although sometimes I would do jams with my previous bands uh, on uh, jam bay and stuff like that, but not not where I would consider myself um, technically great. Um, but the advantage that I had was knowing piano um, and knowing theory of piano. So if you look at a steel pan, it's laid out in the circle of fifths, so it's it's got a pattern to it. So if you understand music and theory and and some other musical instrument, it really helps to know what you need to play. So if you're hearing a song and if you have um, perfect pitch or a good ear to figure out the tune, then you've you've got a huge advantage. Mm. That sounds great. I I didn't even know that they had classes in St. Petersburg, so now you're making me want to look that up. I'll tell you more about that when we're done, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Do you teach music? 
I do. I teach piano. Um, I have private students um, in the Tampa area, and I go to their homes. And I also have, uh, teach at a store up in Spring Hill. So oh, I'm, I've got probably uh, about 16 students, I think, something like that. So I'm pretty busy with that. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what are the ages of your students? I have some, uh, well, right now, my youngest is probably about nine, but um, I have had students that have been five and six, which that is a challenge in itself. <laughs> I would think that I'm, yeah. Then I have the adult. I have some adults, and they're a challenge as well. They're in a different way. I mean, they understand English a lot better, so you can express what you want them to do, but... Um, but people have already formed different habits, I guess, say, and, and, and certain roadblocks they put in front of themselves, you know, before they allow themselves to just be open, whereas the kids are like sponges. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses to both. I hear you. Uh, do you ever get nervous before you go out on stage? Rarely now. I, I have to say, you know, when I was growing up and we had to do recitals every year, um, it was terrible. It was just, uh, that's one of the reasons why I, at one point I wanted to give up doing classical piano because you're being scrutinized so much and everything has to be to such a high level. Um, some of it is what I put on myself and I'm sure other people have that perfection feeling, but um, once I went into pop music and, and music that I really love and speaks to me and my soul, um, that nervousness really went away because I feel like we have this gift. So, uh, you know, if, if you really want to express yourself, it's all about going out there and telling a story to your audience. And, um, and you know, like look at Caribbean Cruise, perfect example. Here I am, um, not part of the, uh, the Caribbean community. I'm not a Caribbean person, but I walk on there. I'm so welcomed by everyone. And it's about me spreading the vibe of what is such a beautiful art form. Um, and the steel pan, to me, is the star of the show um, more than I am. So um, I have to kind of give it that uh, that highlight. I love that. Have you have you ever had any, like, embarrassing moments on stage? And if so, how did you oh, like, get yes, out of it? <laughs> yes, yes, I can tell you one was uh when I lost my voice. I had I had been battling some really bad sinus issues, you know, down here in Florida how it goes. Yeah. Um it was in the middle of March and I don't know, the season had been really bad and, and and it was coming and going with me and, and I got on and I was doing this uh show and it was probably about halfway through the show that all of a sudden I lost it. And I really just I really didn't I panicked in my my head, you know, and um, luckily I have the instrument, so, you know, I have to keep, always keep that in mind. I learned a lesson that um, if I don't have my voice, then I've got my instrument, my my steel pan is. Um, so that's a blessing for me that I can do both. Um, and the voice is one of those things where you just have to really treat it very carefully. You have to do a lot of things to make sure that you keep it in shape. And some people can go on and just, it doesn't matter. They could, they could do whatever they want, drink, smoke, whatever, and they can just walk on and do it. But um, for the most part, I try to be uh, careful with the voice. 
So that's just one thing over time that was an embarrassment that I had to kind of figure out how to uh, deal with. Wow, that's, that's got to be, yeah. I would think that that's a good thing. But like you said, you have the music there, so thankfully it's good drums to uh, keep you afloat. You have this quote that I, I love that you say, we are fortunate to be performers because we always perpetuate energy through our music and words, so it's important to remember that at every performance. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, yeah, uh, I, I feel like um, music is unique, so anything in the arts are unique in that you're, you've got this platform. People look up to you, they think what you're doing is great. You know, once you get over any, if there is nervousness, and you, you get into the fact that you have to spread this message. And for me, I like to spread a message of positivity. So I came out with an album recently called Positive Vibes, and that is really my message that I like to live by. And it's about the fact that we all go through rough times and could be going through rough times. Even even during the performance, there might be a terrible thing going on in my personal life. But to go beyond that and use this music as a vehicle to communicate to people and give them hope. And I've had many times that people have come up to me and said, I can't tell you how thankful I am that I got to hear you today and your music really pulled me out of a dark place. Um, either they had just lost somebody in their family um, or there was something that they were trying to overcome and they were able to do with just because of the music. And I'm sometimes shocked because I, you kind of forget that it is that powerful. So that's really what I meant by the fact that we have this great opportunity to change the world with music. I love that. Um, speaking of the album, um, is there a uh, is it out somewhere where people can go you know, check it out and pick up a copy? Online? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They can come to a performance. That would be really great to see people at performances, and I can sell them the CD right there and uh, sign it. Um, or if they want to go online, they can go to cdbaby.com. And I've got several albums out, so just do a little search. I have an album called Chillin' After Five, which is a chill album. It's very, very laid back and kind of loungy. Um, it's got a Miami sound to it. I had a producer from Miami that I worked with on that, so it's got a really cool um, edge to it. Uh, my second album was Breaking the Mold, which had some A-lister players on there. Spyro is playing on there. Um, wow. Tom Truman's the keyboard player. Um, Bonnie B, who's a, you got to check him out. He's a phenomenal drummer. Um, and he's performing on there as well. Andy Norell, who's a famous uh, uh, field pan player. And um, anyway, uh, that is Breaking the Mold. That is a smooth jazz album, and that did really well in a smooth jazz field. And then now my positive vibe, um, which has... A lot of guest artists that I know personally through the food jazz field um, and the Caribbean field. So um, that's a winner. It's been playing on all the radio stations across the country in Hawaii, Europe, and all that. So go to cdbaby.com and uh, iTunes, Amazon. It plays on Pandora, um, iHeart. Um, it's on television as well on Music Choice. So, oh, beautiful. I will make sure I put the uh, links to that in, in the cool. show notes as well so that um, they can just click on that. Um, you In 2015, you won this prestigious award as the uh, GHP Best World Island Reggae Music Award. How, does, how did that make you feel? 
I was I was so honored to to receive that award, and actually, I think I won a second one, and I just I don't have it. It was the the sole. They, they have so many categories, but but yeah, it was such an honor because it's indie artists, and believe it or not, I mean, indie artists just don't get the voice the recognition. Yeah, the the recognition, the the accolades, because there are some really awesome indie artists out there, and um, and some have chosen to be indie artists because they don't want to have things dictated to them and have to be under the power of a record company. There's others that just haven't gotten a record contract that feel like, well, okay, I'm just going to say indie and see what happens, and. Quite honestly, I mean, I've I've been up against both, and I think indie is kind of the way to be these days. But yeah, there's some great indie artists that were part of that GHP radio station that, that they uh, they would host every week, and you know they told me that I was nominated in a couple categories, and and so I attended it virtually online and won two awards from that. So oh, yeah, congratulations! Pleased. Totally pleased. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, do you do any uh, special marketing for your band? I mean, uh, do you use social media? Or are there some special ways that you market yourself? Yeah, I have a couple different ways. Um, I have my own website, com, And I also put things on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. Uh used to be MySpace. That was eons ago. <laughs> I am on Instagram, but... That's just incidentally, I, I keep most of the uh, Twitter, well, but I keep most of the social media about the music except for my Instagram that I put very personal stuff on. So I like to change it up there because I figure, you know, there's sometimes people want to know what kind of person you are. What, what did you, what did you do today rather than just what album's coming out? They can find that anytime on my website. So I do that. And then I do have promoters that I've worked with if I'm doing an album or if there's a press release that's going to come out, then I work with them. But for my albums, it, for instance, my Blue Jack one that was released in 2015, I had a promoter out on the West Coast. And then this last album, Positive Vibes, I had a jam band promoter, did a lot of indie artist type promotion, and I'm kind of trying to break into more of the contemporary reggae, so I'm probably going to be getting a promoter for, for that. Great. Yeah. I love that. That's all great information. So tell me, quickly, are you ready for the 11-stroke roll rapid fire interview? Am I ready? Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what is your favorite steel pan drum company? Well, there's quite a few out there. There was there was a steel pan builder in the island named Guppy, and everybody was dying to get a pan made from Guppy, and and they would have to wait uh, at least six to eight months to get one. Um, I think some people even waited a year, but he just passed away, so um, missed that opportunity. Thinking about it, I have mine built by Tom Reynolds. And he's actually in the Sanford, Florida area from uh, St. Croix. Um, wow. He's an island guy, and he's had an, an illustrious uh, music career touring for many years as well. There's some really good pan players in the U.S., but, of course, Trinidad is where the pan was born. And 
I went there in 2015 to perform with uh, the band called Birdsong. There's a competition that goes on every year that brings in people from all over the world, and so it's in a 120-piece steel band. So if you want to get a pan, that's really the place to get it is Trinidad. Mm. And they have a great carnival there. I remember feeding you guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to go down there to check that out. With um, they televise, they televise, and they also um, put on the radio um, on you can get it. I think on YouTube or internet uh, stations um, when they're doing their competitions. So you can actually hear each band that gets up to perform live. Oh, wow. And so oh, they do that live yeah. streaming, and that that's really exciting because you hear what real feel bands are all about. It's a lot different than just going to hear one a, a steel pan performer solo. I gotta check that out. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your favorite article of clothing? Uh, favorite article of clothing. Hmm. I would say. Hmm. You got me stumped on that one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like everything really, but I'm kind of you know as you saw the other night, I'm a little bit sixties, <laughs> 60s kind of girl. So I love I like your my, style, actually. It yeah, I like awesome. my dreads. I like my, you know, I like my dreads. I like my, you know, anything that projects peace and love and all that stuff. So anything, any kind of jewelry that has that, uh, I'm all for it. Cool. What would you say was your favorite show or tour? Uh, I've had a couple. Um, we've gone from... Florida, up the East Coast, several years in the past. Um, the last one was 2015, and I, I think maybe that might have been the best one because we just had so many really interesting shows. And and every time you go on a tour and you meet people from different states and, and you're performing for them, it's just so much fun because you're now the foreigner and you're coming into their territory and you get to meet them. So it's it's a lot different than when you're playing on your own turf. Well, that's a very cool point. That's perspective there. I like that. Mm. What would you say is your favorite food? Food? Uh, I got several. Um, my Probably my number one is Indian food. I love the use of the spices that, that the Indians implore. Um, and I love sushi. That might be my second. I love French food. Um, I do eat really healthy because I'm into a good exercise program with some good clean eating. So other than that, I'd say Indian's number one. Cool. What is one thing that you couldn't live without if you were stranded on a deserted island? <laughs> oh, boy. Food. <laughs> I think I would. Okay, I love that. Yeah, that's really up there. <laughs> a little elaboration on that. But you think about it, if you're stranded on an island, you got to get resourceful. So if you if you want, you could probably make an instrument out of anything that's growing or, you know, that, that you can find on an island. So your instrument, you could be sitting there playing an instrument for, for days or weeks or however long it takes to be found. So um, I'd say, you know, food first. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite genre of music to listen to when you're not working? There are two. Um, one is classical music, just because it gets me to Brazil. And I would say contemporary reggae. Um, only from the aspect of I get a lot of ideas and I like to hear 
how the newest artists are blending some of the contemporary pop with the island reggae. And so you've got this crossover between roots and pop music that's going on. And even the drum beats are different. And I like to just kind of, when I'm driving along, I'll throw that on and, and just kind of veg with that. But if I, if I have, um, tense, I'd right away put on classical music. Yeah, I could totally agree with that one. I remember as a teenager, I was listening to it, and my mother was passed by, and she's like, are you listening to that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I was a teenager, I probably wasn't listening to that. I mean, my favorite artist of all time was Elton John. Elton John, Linda Ronstadt, all that, so I'd probably be listening to that. But now, later in life, yeah. (laughs) What would you say is your favorite pastime? I'd say going out on a bike ride or a hike. In the woods? Uh, car or motorcycle? Car. Favorite travel spot? Uh, Europe. Any particular place? There's a couple of places that I really like. I mean, I've been to um, England many times, and I really like Belgium. There's something about Belgium that just, um, I felt like it was very, um, a melting pot, and it had so many different cultures just in one spot. I like that. I have never been there, but I'm, I still imagine. I love your office in uh, Your biggest pet peeve? When people uh, judge without having an open mind and, and kind of understanding where uh, people might be coming from. I think everybody's got a different story to tell, and so there might be a different perspective, but I think um, some people might jump to conclusions, and, and that's something that bothers me. That, that's a good point. Um, and what would you say? Who is your favorite person to hang out with? My husband. <laughs> My How husband. long have you guys been married? Uh, 24 years. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that because, you know, today marriages don't really last that long. So when I hear yep. something that's really, like, yeah. grounded, it's, it's so nice to hear it. Yeah, well, we do a lot together. I mean, we do um, a lot of things like the hiking and the biking, and, and he's just always up for an adventure. So that that's what really breaks me away from the music because sometimes I get a little bit um, too absorbed in it and you can kind of get just isolated that way. So it's good, you know, when you have a partner that wants to be um, doing things on the outside world more. And so it's, it's a balance. Nice. Quickly, it, it looks like we're just about out of time, and I just want to, again, thank you for being here with us today, because it really means so much to me, because it, you took the time out, and I know how busy your schedule is. How can our listeners stay in touch with you if they want to learn more? And you have the website, uh, but what is your Instagram under? I believe they can find me under Bickley Rivera, and that's uh, B-I-C-K-L-E-Y. R-I-V-E-R-A and same thing with Facebook I mean Facebook you know people tend to kind of talk a little bit more so not that I'm going to you know that I have that much time to do that but but it's cool because you know then I can see what's going on with uh, shows that are coming up and I'm right there posting this weekend we're doing this or that so um, Facebook is always good too under the same name I have both a band page and a friend page Perfect. So, and, and I want to thank you as well because, you know, when you when you uh, pulled me aside at the show um, and told me what you were doing, I was just thrilled to even be part of it. 
Oh, I'm glad to see. And I, I checked out your site, and I see you've got quite a few interviews with some really, really cool artists. Yes, uh, they've been amazing. And it's, I, I used to work in the music business many, many years ago, and uh, so I met some really great people along the way. And when I told some of them that I was doing the show, they were really, you know, happy to be on it. And yeah. I just was very grateful. I'm still really grateful that when somebody says yes to do a show. And, and thank you, because I mean, yeah. without you guys, I wouldn't have a show. <laughs> right, I know. Well, you know, it's it's always people love to be able to spread the the love, right? Absolutely. And I'm going to make sure that I, I add the links to all of your uh, social media sites and the uh, albums on the cool. uh, show notes so that everybody can get in touch with that. Yama. And yeah. please let me know if there's anything that I can do on my end. Uh, if you have any help with anything, just, you know, give me a shout. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. And I want to thank you guys listening out there because, again, I wouldn't have a show for one for you. And don't forget to subscribe. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And if you like this episode, please share the love mine, okay? And yeah. remember... To also subscribe on the YouTube channel at The Little Drummer Girl with Dawn Marie Mutel and check out the footage from different shows and different things that I've seen along the way. And until the next time, don't forget, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams and leave a trailblazing behind you. So rock on and knock out, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Namaste.